the thing that they all said was building a portfolio. And that's what matters going forward. That is what people need to see. That is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. It's show me. Don't tell me that you can do it. I don't care if you can tell me. Show me that you can do it. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. It is great to have you back with Degree Free in 2024, which is crazy to think about. We've been at this for a minute, I will say. Not only that, I'm not talking about that. I'm just thinking like crazy. It's 2024. I know. These years are just spinning. Yeah. It is 2024. Who knew? Yeah. Who thought this day would come? Well, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're just happy to be here, folks. Yeah. And I hope everybody had a great New Year's and uh, had a great celebration. And here we are back at it in 2024. As promised, we are going to go and complete what we didn't do last week, which is a little bit of our 2023 wrap up. We're going to wrap up our wrap up quickly so that we can get to the 2024 predictions that we have. It is our first episode of the year. We've never done this before, but I think we're going to predict the future. We are going to do this going forward because I think it's fun. Maybe our last episode every year is going to be a wrap up and then maybe the beginning episode of every year is going to be predictions. I'm not sure, but I like the idea. So this is episode one of 2024 and we are going to do our predictions later on. So let's wrap up the wrap up. Okay. Take it away. All right. So significant degree free news that happened in 2023. Brian Rolansky, the CEO of LinkedIn, came out and said that skills matter more than degrees. Like basically just summing up the general feeling that everyone knows is true, which is skills do matter more than paper because paper is paper and skills are skills. Well, I have never spoken to Ryan Rolansky, but I would like to. Ryan Rolansky? Open. Ryan. Ryan? Want to talk to another Ryan? Ryan. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. We were actually very close to having Ryan Rolansky we on did. this we podcast. We had a mutual potentially introduction, which, you know what? We just need to chase it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. eventually we will have Ryan Rolansky. And the way that we can have Ryan Rolansky on this podcast is if you share this podcast with a friend. And especially if your friend is Ryan Rolansky. <laughs> especially if your friend is Ryan Rolansky. But no. The reason why Ryan Rolansky is saying this, and this is a total guess, is because he has the data and he can see that people are hiring degree-free people for jobs that say degree required. I have something later that will prove that, but yep. And the reason why we know this as well is because we've spoken to people, one, hiring managers, people that work in HR and everything like that. But we've also spoken to CEOs of companies that are privy to this information. Exactly. To the same type of information that Ryan Rolansky has on his platform. And same thing shows on the other platform that people do not care about degree requirements and having it, to be honest, is foolish. So him saying that is 
also trying to push getting degree requirements off of job descriptions and therefore increasing talent pool for all these companies and helping to increase the matching between candidates and job listings and job descriptions, job openings. The second big point that I really like is Jenny Romerty, the former CEO of IBM, who I really like, saying that degree-free people perform the exact same as PhDs. That is a direct quote from her. (laughs) And all of their hair collectively lit on fire. (laughs) Yeah, that sort of seems like a non-statement to me, to be completely honest. I think so too. But what she went on to elaborate and say was that degree-free people perform the exact same as PhDs if you give them the same training. So nobody comes into a company trained on how to do the job because every company's job description is going to be slightly different. They're going to have different requirements. So nobody comes into a job knowing exactly how to do that job. There's an onboarding process for for all jobs, for all companies. And so what she's talking about is when they're onboarded to the same job, they perform the same in the same roles. And not only that, but she's saying this for a similar reason to Ryan Rolansky, which is she can see the tide. But the thing that companies are most concerned about is churn. Because churn is what costs them money and time and momentum, so many things. It just complicates everything. If you can reduce churn, your company can work more efficiently. And degree-free people turn over 39% less, as found by the Harvard Business Review, which is, I think, a huge reason. So a lot of people with degrees will say that the reason that companies are trying to hire degree-free people is because they pay them less. I'm like, no, it's just because they don't leave as much. And so you're reducing churn, which means you are saving money because it's more expensive to hire new people and just keep the ones you already have. Yeah. So one of the things with churn, and we've covered it before on this podcast, which is it is estimated that it takes an employee six months before they are productive in their role when they are initially hired. And so to your point, if you can keep people there for longer, every person that you keep in the job year after year, you're saving six months worth of productivity and therefore six months worth of money. And so, yeah, churn is a massive, massive problem because you can't create huge, amazing businesses without people. It's impossible. It's easy to feel like workers aren't important, individual people aren't important, your labor's not important, but it actually is. A great example of this we were just talking about was OpenAI. That was crazy. We'll probably talk about it again in more depth, but basically Microsoft just got acquired all of OpenAI's staff. And they're basically acquiring a company because they acquired all the people. And that is so crazy because the company is the people and the work that they're doing. And if you can get the people with the brains that are doing the work, you've basically acquired the company. And I don't mean the intellectual property. I mean the labor and the ability of those people you now have at your disposal. Yeah, that was a little while ago. That was about a month ago or so. But yeah, it was insane that shakeup that happened. Insane that they hired them all. But anyway, my third point was that degree-free this year the phrase degree-free, a phrase that you and I (laughs) invented, has been used in 2023 by Forbes, Business Insider, MSNBC, CNBC, USA Today, and Yahoo News, and then a bunch of other blogs. And, you know, we've got, I don't know how many, 35 million views across TikTok, and then who knows on other platforms, but it's been a big year. (laughs) Yeah, it was insane to see all of these people using and referring to people as degree-free and the degree-free people, degree-free movement. 
It is really awesome. Very humbling. And we love it. So as we were talking about before a few weeks ago, keep it up, everybody. And if you are struggling to find a word for not having a college degree, you already have it. It's degree free. You're degree free. Yeah. Welcome to the movement. What I wanted to say about 2023 has to do with AI and AI in 2023 was massive. It was a huge year. We saw ChatGPT actually become a product. I mean, it was already a product, but then they kind of got their legs underneath them as a product. And then they got all shaken up at the top. And then MidJourney got so much better. And there are so many other companies that have what I call wrappers or what other people call wrappers on top of the back end that is AI APIs and that are building amazing, amazing things. And so that was a massive, massive trend in 2023 that is definitely going to continue in 2024. And this can start the predictions side of the episode because in 2024 and the use of AI is just going to get larger and larger and it's going to eat market share in so many different industries. There are so many people that are going to be touched by AI and so many jobs that are going to be changed by AI. And we did an episode on like which jobs are going to be augmented by AI. And so if you want to go back to that episode, I'll put the links to the show notes, degreefree.co forward slash podcast. So my first prediction is that more states are going to drop degree requirements. This is kind of a give me. But as of now, we have Maryland, Utah, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Alaska, and North Carolina have all dropped degree requirements for their states. And my favorite part of this was Utah just really shows how unnecessary these degree requirements were because 98% of Utah's 1,080 different classified jobs now do not require a college degree. They're not posted as requiring a degree, which just goes to show you that prior to that, 98% of them did not require degrees at all. I couldn't agree more because that was also a point that I was going to bring up on this predictions episode as well as more states and state jobs are going to be repealing and getting rid of their degree quote requirements for their jobs. Because your park rangers, your game wardens, your admins, you don't need that. Your librarians don't need that. And so many companies as well are going to follow suit too. It's going to happen so quickly. And I predict another 20 states during 2024 will drop their degree requirements because now the path has been mapped out. The last thing I want to say about this was Maryland worked with our friends at Opportunity at Work and they vetted on how to vet degree-free candidates for state jobs. And the results were immediate from May to August. The number of people without degrees hired by the government increased 41%. That's crazy. <laughs> it just goes to show how many people a single sentence that was completely unnecessary were keeping from jobs that they could have had. A lot of that I'm sure had to do with they were not hiring them because they didn't have a degree. Just because legally it was a state job. Yeah, it's and a state so job. It was exactly. a legal requirement. That's what I'm saying. Because it was a state job. It's not like a private company where it's just whatever. They don't actually care. Like just apply anyway. But because it was a state job, they're just like, this is a requirement. You have to have it, which is silly. Obviously it is. 
down credentialing is going to pick up speed in 2024. Between 2017 and 2019, this was the MC Burning Glass Institute study that we refer to a lot that went over 51 million job listings over the last like 15 years. And 46% of mid-skill and 31% of high-skill occupation experienced declines in degree requirements because they're not necessary. And so for everybody that says, oh, they require to go, no, they don't. No, they don't. Then the thing is too, the entire time they've been hiring people who were degree-free, now they're just making it efficient. And so all it does is it's it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, because if you say that something requires a degree, people will eliminate themselves from the running. So despite that, there were still people in those jobs. And now that they've removed that, it's just picked up speed and it's going to continue to do that, especially as companies find degree for candidates more attractive than college graduates because they turn over 39% less and they will churn less and they will stay longer, which means companies keep momentum and save money. Down credentialing is going to accelerate in three industries, medicine and healthcare due to an aging population. It's just going to be need Two, tech, because the more education and the more structured and the more people realize it's available, structured, specific and accessible online, it's going to become a much more attractive option than physically going to a college because it's on demand. It's just more convenient and it's cheaper. And so people are going to choose that over other things. And then three, I actually think teaching. And the reason I think this is because 17 states now have formal paid teacher apprenticeships. And it's because of need. Because what's happening is teachers are not being paid enough to make buying the degrees that they're buying worth it. So people are not going into teaching. And then also it's a terrible system in general that's failing teachers and students. And so teachers are leaving it because why would they stay? And due to that, now we're getting down into efficiency, which is we need people to teach. And therefore, we are just going to train teachers by putting them with existing teachers. And we're going to have them supervised and paid while they learn to do this. Because Otherwise, you won't be able to attract anyone because you're not going to be able to attract anybody that is going to go into deep debt to then take these jobs. So that's what's going to happen. So let's take that one by one again. Medicine and healthcare, you said due to an aging population. What do you mean? Because our population is aging so much, we're now going into the silent generation was... I have no idea. Just don't say any of that. So give me age ranges. Okay, so baby boomers. So like my I have no idea what that means. Our parents. Okay, our parents' age. <laughs> I'm trying to make this easy. So our parents' age are starting to the oldest part of our parents' generation are starting to go into So what are our parents? Like sixties? I would say probably we're looking at 60 to 70 years old. That is so much better. Unhealthy late 50 year olds too. But they're starting to go into assisted living, they're starting to need more medical care because they're starting to get sick because they're old. Because of that, there is such a demand and such a need. So we're looking at people who are, I'm going to ballpark 60 to 70 plus, and they are going to need health care. They're going to need age assisted living. They're going to need the type of healthcare services that you need when you are older. And because of that, and because we have just a general shortage of medical staff in our country that is going to get worse because we are charging them so much money to go into medicine, which is already a difficult field to begin with, 
we are going to see a rapid down credentialing in those fields because of need. And when I say down credentialing, what I mean is we're going to see a shift to vocational training. We're going to see a shift to practical experience. We're going to see a shift into apprenticeship and down credentialing for a lot of medical and tech jobs. It's already happening now, but it's going to continue to escalate. And those jobs are going to get more accessible to people because there's now not this giant barrier of four years and $100,000 plus to get into these jobs. Got it. Got it. So because of the demand, the demand is going to increase due to the aging population because they are going to need more health care. Like literally, they're going to need more care. And because that demand is increasing and the supply is shrinking or the supply is really bad, we are going to have to increase the supply in a really quick and rapid way. And the way that we would do that is down credential the job. That's what you're arguing. That's what you're positing. Correct. We're going to remove four-year degree requirements from in front of things because they're unnecessary. You don't need art history in order to learn how to be a cardiac tech. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you took state history if you're going to run somebody through an MRI machine, you just need to know how to run somebody through an MRI, troubleshoot if things go wrong in healthcare. And truthfully too, there's a lot of people that will protest at this, but the reality is you don't care about the academics of the person who is doing that. You care that they know how to do their job. That's what you care about. Yeah. I've never once had somebody ask the paramedic where they went to college <laughs> When we imagine? were performing CPR. So like you're putting Narcan into somebody and they're like, excuse me, sir, do you have a medical? Not even Narcan. I'm just saying they're dead and we were pumping chest and nobody ever stopped and said, hey, Zach, what college did you go to? And Zach would look up and say, I didn't. Can I get back to work? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's make this person live again. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. and so that right there in that moment, you don't care. You don't care. Yeah. Nobody cares because why you need it, but it paints a really good point, which is if you don't care about that, why do you care about all the other stuff has this person ever done what it is that you're asking? And we've talked about this before, but that's what you care about. How many people have you brought back from the dead? It's funny you bring this up. I actually have this written down here too, because I will go ahead and go in on teaching. I'm never one to shy away from this, but we'll go in on the teachers. If taking the national board certification gets you the license, why do you need a four-year degree? If you can pass that test, why? I want to know. If the test is the thing that determines whether or not you get your license, if someone self-studies or is able to command the material enough that they can do that, what is the difference between you and them? Nothing. Yeah. It's the same thing with the MCAT, same thing with the bar. So the next point I have is I feel the same way about the bar and the MCAT. No, I don't need my doctor to give a crap about art history. I don't need him to appreciate Jackson Pollock. I don't need her to care. But you don't need your doctor to even be pre-med. No, that's it's, what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand what you're saying, but you're using this totally out of left field illustration of a degree that doesn't matter. Well, my next sentence, I don't even need her to have gone through biology 101. I don't care. Can she pass the MCAT? Because that's the thing that's going to get her into medical school. I don't care. I want my doctor in less debt. So they care more about my health outcomes than selling me a drug to pay off their student debt. That's just how I feel. I'd rather have them in medical school touching patients. I'd rather have them in medical school observing, working with people, diagnosing, cutting people open if that's part of their specialty. I want them there sooner. I want them there in less debt. And I do not care if they are well-rounded by their bachelor's degree. I do not care. 
do not care. That's how I feel. And no, I also feel the same way about lawyers. If you can pass the bar, there's zero reason. I don't need you to care, especially like personal injury, divorce lawyers, whatever. Like be a shark. I don't care. And that's just within the structure that we have today. And those being the gatekeepers, right? The bar and the MCAT and their certification as a teacher. Like that's just within the realm and of the reality of which we live today. But if you go far enough back, we didn't have any of that. There's still four states where you can take the bar through apprenticeship. It's called reading the law. It's how lawyers used to become lawyers. People are like, oh, well, that's impossible for lawyers. It's not. It's literally how they used to become lawyers and not that far into the past. This wasn't very long ago. And truthfully, that's a much more practical way to learn law. And I think a lot of lawyers agree with that, actually, which is if you are physically in the courtroom, you're physically working in a law firm that's in the type of law you're going to go into. That's a much more practical way to learn law than law school. What I find interesting about the people that argue against the four states doing that and not opening it up to all the other states is they say, well, going that path, most people do not pass the bar if you go that path. I forget what the statistic is, but it's not great. Washington state has the highest pass rate and it's 52%, which is pretty good. Okay, sure. But the three other states, not great. It's less than if you go to law school. My point being is that if you pass the bar, it doesn't matter. Just open it up to all the other people. And if you're saying that all these idiots can't pass the bar by not going to law school, then guess what? All the idiots won't pass the bar. And then they won't be lawyers because they can't pass the bar. It's, and I'm like, aren't you a lawyer? This is the most but circular you, logic I've ever But you gatekeeping it because they're all idiots and they can't pass the bar, but you not opening it up because they're all idiots and they can't, can't pass, pass the, the bar, bar. <laughs> makes no sense. Right. Like they're like, oh, well, they can't do that because they wouldn't be able to do it. I'm like, well, if they wouldn't be able to do it, what are you worried about? Exactly. What's your concern? Exactly. That they're going to pay, what is it, 500 bucks? take the bar or whatever it costs yeah. like and if it's I, I was just about to get to that i was just <laughs> like if it's a question of resources you don't want a bunch of idiots i'm using this in air quotes guys a bunch of idiots taking this thing then you would charge everybody the same amount of money to make it fiscally responsible for that state to take the bar and so whatever you do the math and you say it costs a thousand dollars for every bar exam but that's how much we need to recoup okay well then charge 1200 bucks and you make a little bit of money and then you're paying for all of the grading, you're creating, paying for all of the proctors and everything like that. So the resources, as far as it sucking from the system, that one's done out of the window. Next argument. What is it? You don't have one. No, but the people that are worried about that, they say, yeah, people shouldn't be able to do that because they'll use their resources on taking the bar and they're not responsible enough to do so. But those same people will be totally fine with those exact same idiots, as we were saying, paying $200,000 to go to law school to make 40 grand to make $60,000 and never recoup what they paid for law school. That's totally fine. But these same people are not responsible enough to make the personal decision to pay 500 bucks or whatever it is to take the bar. It just doesn't make any sense. So we did a really good job of talking about point one and point three, the teaching one. I think you did a really good job of of summing that up and why you believe that the down credentialing is going to continue in that industry. You also made a good argument or at least a clear argument of why you see it coming down in medicine and healthcare. Give me the second one. You're talking about tech. You were talking about automation. I have no idea what you were saying. Why is down credentialing going to continue in the tech industry? Down credentialing is going to continue in the tech industry because there's really no logical reason to go to a college for something that they don't even have programs for because they can't keep up. 
the most easily accessible place and the most realistic place to learn tech skills is on the internet. So there are going to be almost no colleges that can compete with the speed of the internet for iterating, for actually giving people the opportunities that they need in the way that they need them in the way that are the easiest for them. And when I say easiest, I mean, you can get on and access the opportunities when you want to. You can go through the material at your own pace. You can pay or find whatever you need. So like you can go on Reddit and find fully formed curriculums for machine learning all the advanced mathematics, everything. It's unbelievable. It's free. You can go on there and find it for yourself. Or you can pay for a curated course where somebody has found that and put it together for you and is physically teaching it. Or if you want to learn in a course with other people, you can go find a course with other people where they're learning together and building projects together. That type of accessibility, colleges can't compete with it. They cannot. They physically can't because the internet is for everybody. And it's just decentralization of education. And that's why I'm so vehement all the time about college is not a synonym for education. College is not education. It's just not. Education is wherever you learn something. Education is any material that teaches you something or that you learn something from. And so that's why I think that tech is just going to become more and more lawless, basically, like less and less rules all the time, because it's going to have more use cases and it's going to be easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper and more accessible to more people all the time. This goes back to what we were talking about last week when I was doing the review of all the guests. We were talking a lot about the developers and we were talking the three things that the developers talked about or the, the four developers. I didn't mention it, but Matt Young also talked about building a portfolio. The thing that they all said was building a portfolio. And that's what matters going forward. That is what people need to see. That is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. It's show me. Don't tell me that you can do it. I don't care if you can tell me. Show me that you can do it. Hey there, I hope that you're loving this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. We spend a ton of time every week creating this content for you. So my only ask is you take a quick second to leave a review or thumbs up on whatever platform you're on. It's one of the best and easiest ways that you can support this podcast. And this simple action can help bring more people into the Degree Free community. At Degree Free, we wanna help as many people as we can thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. Your review will be a step in that direction. If you could do this small favor right now, pause this, and leave a review, it would truly mean the world to us. Thank you. And back to the show. You and I talk to a lot of developers and engineers. And one thing that I think I can usually tell on TikTok if someone is one, either how long they've been in tech, how long they've been an engineer or a developer. I want to be clear though, you're saying tech and then developers and engineers, and, and I did too, but I'm not saying that engineers equals tech. We were just about to go down a slippery slope where we said that. You were just about to equate tech and software engineers, which I want to make clear, I don't think actually what you meant. That's not. Yeah, perfect. And I, that's not what I meant either. I was just talking about the guys that were software engineers talking about how you need a portfolio. And anybody in tech could use a portfolio. Anyone anywhere could really use a portfolio. But that's where we are going to see it happen a lot more is in tech because they don't care as much about the college degree because of exactly all the things that you were saying, which is the learning happens outside and it's so much quicker and you can show your work. 
my second to last prediction for 2024 is that there's going to be a very large uptick in small business creation, specifically among Gen Z. I've been working with a lot of Gen Z new adults and they are extremely entrepreneurial by and large. The ones that I've been talking to, almost all of them have an interest in starting a business of some kind. And the businesses they are interested in starting are very practical. And so that I think it kind of goes back to our AI report where we were talking about industries that are going to be more AI proof, jobs that are going to get taken over by it. And I think we're going to see a rise in these AI proof service-based businesses like childcare, elder care, trades, and service-based businesses like delivery and food prep. I think that that's going to happen over the next year. And I think that those are largely going to be started by Gen Z. So 16 to 22 year olds are very entrepreneurial. That's for everybody that also struggles with the generations like I do. So 16 to 22 year olds are very entrepreneurial and they are starting AI proofed businesses, or at least they're not AI proof. No business is. It's just that they're going to be augmented less by AI because every company will have AI, whether or not they know it. Yeah. It's like data. Yeah. Company has data. Exactly. doesn't matter. And then what I want to see, this is not a prediction, but it's what I want to see is an increase in business buying and transfer because it's going to be such a waste for all these baby boomer businesses to go out of business. It's just such a waste because it's all this stranded energy. And I just can't help but grieve that because of all that you and I know as business owners, there's so much blood, sweat, tears, development, just so much work that goes into building and maintaining a business and especially a brick and mortar business, right? And so it's just such a bummer to see these businesses just shut down because their kids don't want it. And that to me is such a waste. And there's so much potential there to see transfer and training of a younger generation. And then also like selfishly for those business owners, a lot of them didn't plan for retirement. And I'd like to see them taken care of because it's not like their social security is going to do it. Like I'd like seeing them getting a monthly check because then the people that buy the business from them don't have to actually pay out with their own money. They might be able to take profit from the business. Anyway, it's just something I'd like to see. I agree wholeheartedly with that point. And to your point, the big, big word there is retirement. And most of these business owners haven't planned for it. And so to have their business shutter overnight is massive for them because the income doesn't come in, which is why you see a lot of aging business owners in this business still operating it, still running it. You walk into a local retailer and then you see behind the counter, it's an old man or an old lady, old husband and wife couple. And you're just like, oh, what are you doing still running this things. Well, I have to because I don't have a paycheck coming to me. And a lot of these people, they haven't been paying into social security, so they don't have it coming to them. And so the magic word is retire. And if you can get your hands on creative funding, then you can take these businesses for almost nothing upfront in cash. And so you don't have to have a lot of cash. You just have to be creative in the way that you finance the deal. So one of the key words when you're financing the deal, it's seller financing. And so if you're as long as you're able and the other party is able to agree on terms, maybe it's 50 grand up front, whatever, maybe it's five grand up front, whatever you can, there's no right or wrong answer, just whatever you and the business owner come to an agreement about. And then it is $500 a month. 
Yeah, or more, more, you know, I mean, whatever the number is. And it could be in perpetuity. It could not be. Yeah, it could be for the next 10 years. Exactly. And so that is really, really important because a lot of these people have these businesses that are successful. They've been in business for 20, 30 years. They're successful enough. And all you have to do is say, hey, I'm willing to give you, I'm willing to fund your retirement off of what you've built because your kids don't want to do it. But I will. <laughs> so I'll do it. To talk about this point a little bit more when you're talking about the 16 to 22 year olds, to talk about that, why they are more entrepreneurial and why we are seeing not as many of them go to school or go to college, it's because their parents are in trouble from going to school. Their parents went to college, they got degrees, some of them, a lot of them, they got multiple degrees. And they got burned. And they got way into debt, and then they went and found a job that they didn't need a degree for, and they made not anywhere near the amount of money that they thought they were going to make, and some of them stopped working, some of them are stay-at-home parents with two degrees and massive amounts of debt, and so they see that it didn't work out for them. And because it didn't work out for them, this generation is starting to think like, oh. Maybe I can't do that. Because the thing is too, the cost since their parents bought has still skyrocketed. Every year it goes up crazy amount. Every nine years it doubles. And so they're just looking at it and going, can't justify the cost. I imagine my prediction, not for 2024, but my prediction for 40 years from now, 30 years from now, whatever, is that it's going to switch again. And we are going to see, maybe it's not college, maybe it's something else. I hope it's something else, but whatever it is, probably college is going to come back in vogue because all their parents didn't go. And then they'll be like, I don't want that life, whatever, whatever. And you know, it's all a cycle. There's a time for everything under the sun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I agree with both of those points for sure. Yeah. So I also think we'll see continued drop in college enrollment. So that was my last prediction. There's just no justifying the cost. And people are realizing that education is accessible, more tailored and more effective if targeted and specific. That pretty much sums up exactly what we were just talking about to a T. Enrollment is dropping. And a lot of the reason why the enrollment is dropping is because they're not seeing as much value in it. And then, like I said, their parents are just like, my kid's not going to say make the same mistake. You got me twice. What I'm waiting for and what I think is college's only hope of surviving this backlash is I am waiting because they're getting closer to it. A lot of colleges are now going, oh, three-year degree, which is cute, right? Because we know that that's still four. That's actually four years. A three-year degree is probably a four-year. <laughs> it's probably a four-year degree because a four-year degree is five and a half years. But what I want to see, and this is why I have such a hard time with people that think that college is education, like college equals education. College is the same word as education. If that was true, then college would be a la carte. I would go and I would take exactly the classes that I want or need. That's it. I'm here because I need to learn a thing and I'm going to come to your institution. I'm going to pay you two grand. I'm going to learn the thing. I'm going to take that and I'm going to leave because that's all I needed from you. And that's the thing that colleges, they're so greedy and it's its such an institutional big business at this point. It's such a big industry that I don't have a lot of hope for them being able to separate and actually adjust their spending and adjust the lifestyle of people that run colleges in this way. But it should be you go and you choose like I want to go take machine learning 
So that's all I'm going to go do. I'm going to take one class because I believe that the information I need in order to do what I'm trying to do is in that class. I should only have to take one and I should be able to put that on my resume and that should be the thing that they're looking for, right? That's the granularity that businesses are going to be looking for. And that's college's refusal to do that or inability to do that is what is going to kill them, I think, in the end. I'm not sure I agree with that at all. Listening to that, I'm just trying to figure out what portion of that I disagree with. I don't think that that's the answer. I think that that's maybe closer to the answer. I think that's their best shot at surviving. Maybe. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're the best marketers in the world, in the US at least. Maybe some colleges shudder. Sure. I think the institution as it is right now, if you were to just drop admissions and drop the degree requirement and you can take a 500 level course or whatever, just a la carte, I don't think that that would help anybody. I mean, I don't see it. Well, that's what people are doing online right now. Yes, but why do we need colleges to do it? I'm saying we don't. I'm saying if colleges want to survive, if they want to actually go back to being a force, I think that that's what they're going to have to do. Like I said, I don't think that's going to help anybody. But I think that if colleges were actually education, if we're actually out for the general education and accessible education for all, like they claim they are, but they're not, you know, if they're actually out for the greater good, like they claim they are, that's what they would do. But they don't do that. And I think that if they did, that would be their best hope. Well, they're not out for the greater good. They're a business. Right. But that's not what they say. And so that's my whole point is if they were, that's what they would do. I don't see that happening anytime soon. And it has everything to do with diluting their brand and diluting their product because then it becomes very transactional. You only come to us for this one thing. You don't come to us for our whole package. You're going to have to unbundle the package, which there is this like economic theory and maybe it's more of a marketing theory. I'm not sure. Bundling and unbundling. Everything is bundling and unbundling. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all just being bundled and then unbundled and then bundled and then unbundled. And so a good example of that could be like cable television back in the 90s, back in the 2000s, when cable television was bundled up everything that you could watch. And so it had all of the channels that you could have wanted and that existed. And then now it's unbundling, right? And so the unbundling was Netflix, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Max, Prime, Soma Hulu, all these streaming services are unbundling. And then now we're getting overwhelmed. We have like seven streaming apps and I have a Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know which one. I would, you know, I would really love, I would just love one service that just has everything. (laughs) And then I could just pay one thing, right? Which is you're asking for cable. Like you're asking for cable. It just looked packaged differently. That's kind of what I think because colleges used to be much more like that. People would go for very specific things and then they would leave after they did a very specific thing. Not so specific that it was one class, but I do think that if colleges want to compete with the internet for education, they're going to have to let people learn what they want or what they're interested in and only that. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're not going to see this from certain colleges and from certain universities. I'm sure. I'm positive that it's happening right now, but I think as a whole in the industry, I don't think it's going to happen at least for a very long time. And the reason why is because it dilutes their product because you want to go there for the degree. The whole reason why you are going there is because of the piece of paper that you get at the 
end of it all. Not because you took one class there. That's not what they're selling. They're not selling the education. They're selling the paper. As a college, they don't want to dilute that brand. We're coming very similar and we're getting very close to my segment that I only did one episode on, but it's coming. The second episode's coming, guys. Make sure you subscribe of College Marketing Secrets, right? We're getting very close to that. And so I don't see it happening at most institutions anytime soon. I think that they're going to, they will die on their paper hill for sure. But I think that if they want to survive, that's what they need to do. So I wanted to end this episode because this is the first episode of the year. Thank you very much for listening to this. And thank you very much for being here in 2024. I wanted to talk about some degree-free predictions, degree-free goals, things of that nature. I am very excited because in 2024, I think that this podcast and I think the degree-free movement is going to explode. Not anything to do with us. I mean, sure, we're paddling, I guess, but really the wave, we're just riding this wave of this whole degree-free movement. We're not creating it, not really, right? But people, companies, the leaders at the top of these companies, the people at the leaders of, at the top of these states, they're starting to see, they're starting to understand what we've been saying for years, which is like, your college degree doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you bought your paper from. Degree-free people can do the same jobs that college-degreed people can do, and they are putting their money where their mouth is. Literally, they are putting their money where their mouth is, and they are hiring and making it easier to hire degree-free people. They're also being transparent about the fact that they are, and they have been hiring them the whole time. Yeah, because they're better. <laughs> they definitely stay longer, that's for sure. <laughs> Coming up very soon, we have some very big announcements that we've been working on for the past few months. If the podcast is the only way that you keep in touch with us, then maybe you're not sure about it. Maybe you haven't heard about it. But if you've been on our website, if you've been on our TikTok, you know we've made some slight changes and we are going to announce them very soon. So that is very exciting. And that is going to really, really help boost Degree Free and the movement and everything that we're doing. Yeah, that's a perfect place to leave this week's episode. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. And 2024 is going to be our year. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. Until next time, guys. Aloha.